When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Gabba, gabba, hey, and welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend, the punk rocker himself, Chris Sinzak. How's it going? Very well, man. How are you? I'm good. This is exciting today. We've talked yeah. about this for a while. You know, this is one that's always kind of come back up, come back mm-hmm. up. We end up doing different things, but today we're doing it. We're picking our each top five favorite Ramon songs, yeah. 76 to 80. Yeah, because we were originally going to do the entire discography top five, but that's too much. It's just too much work. Too much. And we want to do more Ramon's episodes than this. So. Right, yeah. So we can always come back with the second part of that yeah. later on, which will be really interesting because while this is considered to be like the classic yeah. era of the Ramones, things get a little sketchy after 1980, yeah. but it's still there's some great stuff oh, in there. Yeah. So that'll be fun to do too one day down the line. Yeah, and then and this is one of my top five favorite artists of all time. So yeah. uh, getting to do Thin Lizzy a couple of weeks ago and now this, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying doing the show right nice. now. Good deal. So I'm excited. All right. So we, before we get to it, we got to take care of our business. Of course, that business is iTunes reviews, Podchaser uh, recommendations, and Facebook recommendations. We've got a couple of them here today. We're going to start out with this one right here. This is, is this Podchaser? Yeah, with the pink stars. Wow. Look at that. Another Podchaser two, two weeks. weeks in a row. This one comes to us from our good friend Trevor McDougal, man. He's been a friend of ours for a long, long time. And he's left us a Podchaser review that goes like, this an absolute gem great tunes great info and interviews and fantastic hosts love it every week cool that's awesome thanks trevor good friend of ours love that great pod chaser review let's see what else we got here got an itunes review this week this one comes to us from shane f and p and it's entitled no love lost I love the fact that you guys always keep it real. Just because I don't always agree with your view doesn't mean that I hate. Exactly the opposite. I simply love. Keep up the great work, quality production, and informative content. Love you guys. Sincerely, the Mooger Fooger. Oh, we know that name. Heck yeah, we do. <laughs> Two longtime friends right there giving us some sweet reviews. You guys get in on the action. You can be as cool as these guys. Yeah, really good reviews there. So, uh, what next? So the other people we always got to mention, the people that shared and retweeted last week's episode when we had so much fun and we, what did we do last week? Oh, it was just, oh, fresh blood. Wow. (laughs) Too much. Too much going on in my world. 
Yeah, no, awesome fresh blood. We had a lot of yeah. cool people share that and retweet it, and those people are our honorary Geeks of the Week. Okay, Geeks of the Week this week are Bill Elam, David Gregory Karsh, Kevin Williams, Greg York, James Nicholson, Shay Hargett, Matt Ashcraft, David Cathy, Ray Kuhn, Victor Ruiz, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Dan Nation, Rock and Ron Runyon, Decibel Geek TV, Denver D. Serrano, Gino Ames, David Glenn, Chris McCula, Brad Schick, Aaron Baker, Sons of Kong, Lipstick retweeted it, Greg Troyan, Rodney Dixon, James McElhenney, Mike Parnell, Trevor McDougal, Rob Webb, Chris Aiken, Dave Koska, Joseph Capone, Brad Kalmanson, Sean Cullen, Jay Shablewski, James West, Shane Aber, Adam Cox, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Christopher Stokes, Bipolar Billy, Coxie, Ernesto Aguiar, JJ Mack, Jeff Mendenhall, Digital Killed, I Love It Loudcast, and say it with me, the Mooger Fuger. Those are our geeks of the week right there. The people that shared and retweeted last week's episode, Fresh Blood. A lot of the cool bands that we featured on that episode re-shared it and retweeted it yeah. and all that good stuff. That's very cool. I like that. Yeah, I love it when we can turn people on to new stuff. Right. The community, the rock community just keeps on rolling that way. I love it. Yeah. So you ready to get to the Ramones? I am. This is uh, this is cool. I'm, I'm really excited to get into this. So this will be interesting because you're getting kind of two different perspectives yes. here because Chris like you said, is the Ramones are one of your very, very favorite bands. And for me, the Ramones have always kind of been on the peripheral, you know? Mm -hmm. Here's how I knew the Ramones. Rachel Bolin. Mm. Rachel Bolin from Skid Row was the first one that ever turned me on to the Ramones because they did uh, Blitzkrieg Bop on on their live videos. And I think they used to cover Psychotherapy. And Psychotherapy off of Besides Yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I first even knew about the Ramones was being a Skid Row fan. Yeah. You know, and to hear that and to hear their versions of those songs were so awesome that it's like, oh, man, I got to check out this band, the Ramones. Mm -hmm. But then it's like Motorhead. And, you know, just so many bands over the years that I love Mm -hmm. pay homage or have done tribute cover songs of the Ramones. And so then it becomes, okay, there's something special about this band because if all my favorites love them so much, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to check it out. Sure. But what really, really got me into the Ramones is when that tribute album came out. Yeah. With Kiss on We were a happy family. I had to get it because Kiss was on there and I wanted to hear them doing Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio? Probably the best cover the band ever did. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally, because Kiss doesn't do a lot of covers, but, man, mm-hmm. they knocked it out of the park with that one, and I, yeah. I always really like that. So I wanted to get that right away. And then I'm hearing these other songs on that same tribute album. That's a great record. And it's like, wow, you know, there's there's so many great bands on this album that are covering the Ramones. Again, it's all my favorites mm-hmm. going back and paying tribute to this. And then come years later to doing Decibel Geek mm-hmm. and then going, okay, Chris has played the Ramones every time he's played it. I mean, I know the the songs that everybody knows, oh, sure. yeah. but to hear some of the deeper cuts and some of the, the later years stuff mm-hmm. that you always like to bring up yeah. really made me re-look at the Ramones again. And today I say I'm a huge fan. Sure. I'm not well-versed in Ramones as you yeah. are, I'm sure, well, but I definitely love them and appreciate them, and I'm excited to learn more about them. Yeah, well, and also, you know, doing this show also helps with, you know, getting into bands and... You know, I have to eat a big plate of crow, you know, 25 plus years later, because when I was, you know, a lot of the bands that are people's favorite bands, they get into when they're in high school or junior high. This is not the case for the Ramones for me, because like I had a number of friends that I played in bands with. Steve Schroeder, if you're listening, I 
apologize. Because <laughs> back in the day, I was very narrow-minded. I'm like, you know, if it doesn't sound like Motley Crue or Kiss or, you know, some, a rat or something along, I was just real narrow with my focus of what I liked. I would just be like, ah, the Ramones, they can't play their guitars. They suck. I just never really gave them a shot because I was just like, ah, it's just basic stuff. To, like, I was into shredders and stuff. I'm right. listening to Racer sure. X and shit like that, which I still love, but... As this show has taught me and as also age teaches you, you know, your your palate grows wider as you get older. Yes. And um, it was actually right around the time we started the, the podcast is when I saw the documentary called End of the Century, The Story of the Ramones. And that documentary, as the case with a lot of music documentaries, it'll kind of give you a different appreciation for a band because yeah. you get the backstory and you get to hear the behind the scenes things of what makes all the people tick. And I realized watching that documentary, like, you know, I think part of why we love Kiss so much is it's the personalities behind the, the the songs and the people in the band. And there's like identifiable characters. They have an identifiable look, you know, they have, right. they have their own type of sound and Watching that documentary, I was like, well, these guys are just, they're almost like Kiss, just in a different genre, you know, especially because the members of the band are true characters in their own right. You know, true, they've, true. They've, they're definitely one of the most interesting bands to talk about because if you haven't watched that doc, I think you can even watch it for free on YouTube. It's uh, it's an incredible story. I've checked that out. And uh, I've, you know, most of what I learned was from that documentary. And then I, you know, then I got a book and then I got another book and then I just kept reading. And they're just a really fascinating band, especially that when you consider the history of they're almost more infamous than famous, you know, sure, like totally. their, yeah, yeah. their record sales never were huge. Nope. It's, um, they, cause like a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, here's kiss when they were playing in the clubs. Well, the Ramones never really got out of the clubs. Right. Yeah. That's one of the bands you look back and say all these great songs, you know, yeah. and these years later they're revered and they were always revered by their peers, sure. but the general record buying public just, just never got the Ramones. It never clicked. And as you'll hear today, they wrote some damn really good songs that were yeah. that actually should have been giant hits on the radio. It's Absolutely. one of those it's one of those giant mysteries. It's like how is this not a fucking hit? Even Blitzkrieg Bop, which is probably their biggest quote unquote hit, wasn't a giant hit. No, it wasn't a hit really at all. But now you it's hear not it like radio in, stations were playing. Yeah, but now you hear it in multiple commercials, and sure. it's like, well, that it makes sense. It should have been a hit. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I got into them. I guess right around 2011 when we started the show and. I just became obsessed with them. I, and I, I must have gone through a period of like two months where I, they they pretty much made my record collection obsolete for a couple of months. Sweet. Where I just dove in and just couldn't stop listening to them. Well, cool. Well, hopefully all your research it will uh, help me today because I've got five songs picked that I really, really like, but I don't know a whole lot about them. So yeah. you know, we can work our way through this. Sure. Well, you know, the, and for some basic info, you know, they came from Forest Hills, Queens. They were put together in the mid-70s, around 74, 75. They all kind of, I think a number of them went to high school with each other, you know, grew up, you know, lower middle class. And uh, the biggest influence on the Ramones, if you want to know where the Ramones kind of got inspired, it was the Stooges, Iggy and the Stooges. Right, That totally. was their biggest, that's what they bonded over, was they yeah. all liked the Stooges. And Which you were is kind one of, of those a, things, because even, like you say about the Ramones then, the Stooges before them... If you'd even heard of the Stooges yes. or knew who the Stooges were, then you found somebody else that did too. Yep, and that's, that's how it an works. Oddity, you that, know? Yeah, that's probably what drew them to each other. You guys like, better oh, you stick like together. Yeah, yeah, you're the only ones. Right. So, and they when they decided to form a band, most of them didn't even know how to play an instrument. But they were like, we should just do a band, and they just did it. Wow. It was one of those, they're like really the ultimate DIY story. Yeah. And they would uh, do. I mean, their, isn't that the true definition of punk rock, right there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, they uh, would do their early 
rehearsals and writing at uh, Joey's mother's uh, art gallery. She owned an art gallery in Queens. Wow. And they would just <laughs> wait till she closed for the day, go in there and bang out songs. And as, I, as Tommy mentions in the uh, documentary, he's like, you know, they, the first thing they really wrote together was a song called Judy is a Punk. And they're just banging it out. And it's just, it's fast and crazy, but it's got this great melody on it. And he said it just hit him. He's like, this is really fucking great. You know, he's like, yeah. we actually have something here. Wow. And, uh, you just know, figuring it out as you go. Yeah. And then they started playing, um, CBGBs, which was really, right. I mean, real CBGBs was really a shithole when they started out. It, it grew to legendary status, but in the mid seventies, it was just a rundown club right. that Hilly Crystal had opened up and it was mostly done for like blues and bluegrass and stuff. That's where the title comes Cause from. Cause nowadays it's, it's revered again, you know, as this uh-huh. legendary place, but it's only legendary because of the bands that were playing yeah. in this little shit. It was like a hangout know? for all these bands that really hadn't figured out their sound and just sort of, it birthed. Basically, an entire movement. It's yeah. it's a really incredible CBGB alone. If you have, you know, if you research the history of that and see all the great bands, even the unknown bands that didn't break out of there, there's a lot of great stuff there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, pretty cool. So, yeah. Well, and obviously, down the road, we want to do a full Ramones discussion where we go through every out, you know, go through the discography and the history and all. But I mean, I'll I'll inject little facts here and there. But cool. today, we'll keep the focus on the music because uh, I think each of us has five really good songs. All right. Yeah. All right. So Sounds I good. yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to go first? Sure. Yeah, go first. Okay. So uh my first pick is from the 1977 album Leave Home. This was their second album. It was produced by Tony Bon Jovi and Tommy Ramone. And if that name sounds familiar, that there's a reason for Isn't that. Isn't that John Bon Jovi's uncle or His something? His cousin, I believe. Cousin? Yeah. yeah. The front photo of this album was taken by Moshe Braca, and the back cover, which would become the band's logo, was designed by a guy named Arturo Vega. He's he was a very important part of the band early on. He was an artist and he just loved what they were doing. And essentially he had like a big loft condo type apartment in uh, Manhattan. He wasn't rich. It just, he had a lot of space. That's why the name sounds familiar. There's a video on the YouTube where it shows the Ramones like really, really early on playing in Arturo's loft. Yeah. The reason because they lived there. (laughs) All they had nowhere else to live. It looks like they're playing in in here, like in the corner of a room. Yeah. There's like a big sheet hanging up behind them. Yeah. That was Arturo's place. And, and he designed that first logo. So he's, he's, he's pretty uh, famous. We lost him a couple of years ago, but he's a, he's also in that documentary he's a really good character so uh off of leave home from 1977 my number five top ramon song from that era you're gonna kill that girl i saw walking down the street he jumped down he knocked it off the feet and then i knew it was the end of her Walking down the street, all still and skip the finish. Then he knocks it on the floor. 
to hear the term one, two, three, four a few times in this episode. <laughs> That's Dee Dee. Yeah, it's going to be a reoccurring theme. All right, cool. Well, here's my number five pick, and this is one I think most Ramones fans, and even maybe fans that just kind of know a little bit about the Ramones, probably know this song, and it's one of my favorites. It's 53rd and 3rd, and it's a story about, wow, it's, it's a crazy story, yes, you know, is. because... <laughs> 53rd Street and 3rd Avenue in Manhattan, New York, it's a real place. And it was known for being frequented by young male prostitutes Mm -hmm. trying to turn a trick. The section was known as The Loop, and it also boasted a bunch of gay bars like Rounds and Red, which is famous, you know. And in 1994, there was a big crackdown by the police, and it basically leveled that whole neighborhood, and it all went away. Oh, wow. But this song was written by bass player Dee Dee Ramone, a song that tells about a young male prostitute known then as Chicken Hawks. Mm-hmm. They're selling sexual favors to older men for cash. See, that's one of the things, like, the Ramones, are, they lyrically are weird because... I love the way the song starts out because it's like, if you think you can, well, come on, man. It sounds like it's a fighting song. Right. But then it goes this whole different weird thing, but it's a story song. So it's very strange, but it's a great song. So from the debut album in 1976, it's the Ramones with 53rd and 3rd.
Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. I love it. Dee Dee has been asked numerous times over the years about the story behind that song is if he, if it was an autobiographical piece, like was he, you know, turning himself out to, to get drug money and he took that to the grave. He, he never yeah. ever admitted that it was him. I think you could probably put two and two together. And, and I mean, he had a, a r- raging heroin habit, so there wouldn't be a shock if Dee Dee did some things to make some money. Yeah, anything's possible. I know Johnny Ramone had said that back then they were just, they were so weird and singing about some guy coming back from Vietnam and becoming a male prostitute and killing people. Well, that's just what we thought was normal. Right. Well, yeah. And the, yeah, there's the line in the, in the song where is you know, he, he turns the trick and then, and then he murders, murders the John right. and, uh, to prove that he's no sissy, right? Yeah, which is uh, which is it's a it's a very incredibly kind of scary song when yeah, you really think about it. It's a punk rock tune, but it's got this weird, complex story to it. Yeah, you know, in its simplicity. I mean, that's part of what makes the Ramones so awesome. Metallica did a pretty good cover. of that Yeah, they song. did on that same CD I yep. was talking about earlier. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's a good one for your for a top yeah. five. I'm glad you picked good start. that. Start. I like that song. All right, I and let me, I'll just I'll, I'm going to sound like Greg on the Thin Lizzy episode. I like all of these songs. Yeah. There's I don't know that there is a bad Ramones song, at least not from this era. No, They're all but great. I can tell looking at your list and looking at my list that we come from different perspectives yeah. on the Ramones because my stuff is a lot more heavy, hard rock, and yeah. yours is some of the songs that I left off the iPod. Yeah, most of the, the uh, anything, I guess I you lean more to the Johnny side and I lean more to the Joey side yeah. because it's Johnny was more like the chainsaw rock and stuff. Joey was always more of like he liked to harken back to like the – Kind of the Motown, you know, even the girl group type of harmony sure, parts definitely. and stuff. And, that, and that's really, I thought, what made them sound. They kind of invented punk with that because it's like we're going to take retro sounding songs, but we're going to run them through Marshalls on 10 and just crank them up and have a bunch of attitude. And that's really what you get. That's the recipe right, for and it. And there was nothing like that before then. No. And uh, my number four pick, this is a song that certainly would not go over well today because it's basically an ode to child abuse. Um, this is a song from the first album, just titled Ramones in 1976, produced by Craig Leon, who was part of Sire Records and Tommy Rump. Tommy was really the, the producer for all these records right, these early yeah. on because he was kind of – he had – he was the visionary because a lot of the guys in the band, they didn't really take what they were doing seriously. And Tommy's like, no, we have something here. And he would kind of help shape them and mold them. And uh, after Hit Parade, or editor Lisa Robinson saw the band at a gig in New York City. She wrote about them in an article and contacted Danny Fields, insisting he be their manager. And he agreed and convinced Craig Leon to produce the album like with Tommy. And uh, they recorded a demo. And Leon persuaded Sire President Seymour Stein to listen to the band. And he offered the band a recording contract. They began recording in January of 76, needing only seven days and $6,400 to record the album. Wow. It's a real fast turnaround. Yeah. And the album cover, which is legendary, uh, photographed by Punk Magazine's Roberta Bailey, features the four members leaning against a brick wall in New York City. The record company paid $125 for the photo. Like, wow. a, a, And it's one of the most iconic album yeah, covers ever. totally. They look like badasses. So uh, this is a funny... Upbeat sounding song about uh, child abuse. This is Beat on the Brat. Beat on the Brat, beat on the Brat, beat on the Brat with the baseball bat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. Beat on the Brat, beat on the Brat, beat on the Brat with the baseball bat. 
Baseball bat. Yeah. I've loved this song since the first time I ever heard it. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that one. It's simple, but, and it's, yeah, it's another thought provoking title and lyric. And you too actually did a great cover on that album. Yeah, that's one U2 song I actually like. Yeah. That they did a pretty good job with was doing a cover of that. But yeah, this song, if it came out today, probably wouldn't elicit a great response. Probably not. All right, so that brings me up to my number four pick. This one comes off of 1977's Leave Home. Chris got all the information of it. This is a song called Commando, mm. and, man, it's a trip. These guys, it's it's funny because you look at some of their stuff, and I know I've, I was looking at some, like, Ramones fan board type things, mm. and there is so much, like, people really delve into the lyrics yeah. of these songs and sometimes pull out meaning where maybe there isn't any, <laughs> you know, because they are a punk rock band but this commando i guess it comes down to this chris do you know the rules of being a commando (laughs) why don't you recite them? well the first rule is the laws of germany yeah which i guess today probably that's not so bad you know the laws of germany today are probably today very similar to what we have here (laughs) so we can we could probably abide by the laws of germany second rule to be a commando is be nice to mommy. Mm-hmm. You nice to your mom? Yeah. I'm right. nice to my mom, you too. To so be. so far, so good. We could be commandos. Okay. Third rule is don't talk to commies. <laughs> you know any commies? I don't think I personally know any commies. I don't think I personally know any commies either, so we're good. The, the that good, was a big thing. We're good the there, day. too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the fourth rule is eat kosher salamis. I don't know if I've ever had a kosher salami. I don't salami. know if I have either, <laughs> but I looked it up, and there is such a thing. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, there's a company called Zabar. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you need if you need kosher salami, if if the fourth rule is the only thing from keeping you from achieving your commando status, mm. you can get kosher salami. Okay. So there you know. So from seventy seven it's the Ramones. <laughs> awesome tune. This one's called Commando. Yeah. 
that's the thing about the Ramones, you know, in the simplicity is some complexity yeah. and it's, I don't know, it's hard to really figure out because like you said, they didn't really know what they were doing. So they're no. just banging out these songs, but somehow, some way there's magic in these songs, oh, you know, yeah. like they actually did know what they were doing, even though they really didn't. That's truly a, a point of just chemistry between the guys yeah. and, and the creative part. And Dee Dee was a big writer for a lot of these songs and, what a very a very underrated songwriter. Like I, you, know, you know, you get a lot of people like to bag on the Ramones for you know playing ability and whatnot, but some amazing songs were written by Dee Dee Ramone over the years. Well, and that's always the thing too. When people talk about punk rock or or alternative rock, or you know, like we've said over the years, mm-hmm. you know, to me it's just rock. You yeah. know, and to me, if I was going to describe the Ramones as anything, it's riff rock. You know, yeah. they don't they're not known for their big blistering guitar solos or mm, nothing no, like that. Most songs but don't have one. The riffs are so solid and catchy mm-hmm. that you can't deny that this is just some great rock and roll to me yeah and commando is one of those where the friends that i had growing up that seemed to be like the favorite of, of most of them yeah because yeah. it's got such a good catchy foot stomping kind of yeah. thing going on that's a great it. song i love it yeah i love that one too awesome so as we mentioned i go tend to go for the melodic stuff with the ramones and my number three pick is definitely probably the most melodic thing i picked this week but uh End of the Century came out in 1980 this is my favorite ramones album of all of them i and uh, i get shit for that from people but you know we all have what we like yeah i can't agree with that well most people don't produced by phil specter who had the wall of sound from the 60s essentially it was it was like a 60s girl group album done by the ramones and and and, and they'll even admit to you that this was them selling out yeah they they were they were trying to make a hit with every single song on this record and they thought phil specter had the magic solution if it had been 10 years earlier that probably would have been the case but Maybe. Phil Spector was a little bit played out by 1980. So, um, you know, even his thought process was kind of behind the times, you know. Right. If they were I trying mean, to make a hit album, they probably should have tried to make a new wave record or something. And by 1980, it's, see, that's one of the things that you're trying to gain new fans by trying something new and different. Right. So you're doing like, a rock band, a punk rock band influenced by the Supremes. Pretty much is what this album is. And so then what yeah. does that do to your fans that already like you for being the Ramones? Right. You know, so I guess this is kind and, of their music from the Elder then, right? Yeah, and which, you know, and that's why a lot of fans of the Elder weren't buying Kiss albums when it came out. And they got into it later. And I think yeah. that's probably why I have such an affection for End of the Century. Because it was decades later that I got into it. Right on. But yeah, it released February 4th, 1980. Uh, Phil Spector used more advanced standards of engineering, high-quality overdubbing, echo chambers, mostly things you wouldn't expect on a Ramones record. Right, all the things yeah. that you definitely would not expect. And, you know, these methods would cause conflict between Spector and mostly between Spector and Johnny and Dee Dee. They, Johnny and Dee Dee were not really on board with the process of making this record, and Phil Spector is one of those producers where he'd make you play the same note over and over again for hours until you got it right, which he did to Johnny on uh, the beginning of Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio, that first power chord. He made him play it for hours on end until he got it right. And there was a lot of tension between the band members and Spector, other than Joey, because like Phil Spector was enamored with Joey Ramone. Right. And essentially his thought process was, this is a Joey Ramone album and you guys are the backing band, which did not go over well with the rest of the guys. I suppose not. Of course, Joey's eating up every minute of this because he's a huge fan of Phil Spector because he loved all those all right. those albums. And, um, you know, he emphasized produ- production value as well. The budget was around $200,000, which was enormous for a Ramones record at that time. The thing is, 
the album bombed. It didn't do well. This was their shot at trying to have a giant radio hit, and it only got up to 44, which was their highest chart position ever for any album. Wow. 44. Wow. Which is nuts. Especially when you're talking about a band that is so well-respected nowadays. Yeah. But uh, my number three pick, I just love it. It's a quirky ballad written about their manager, Danny Fields. This is the Ramones with Danny Says. Danny Says We Gotta Go Gotta Go Tickets are on sale now at the Civic Auditorium box office and all Brandeis locations for the Rock and Roll Spectacular, a Z92 concert celebration with the Ramones. You've caught them on the radio. Now catch them live in the Music Hall, Tuesday, April 29th at 8 p.m. The Ramones. Tickets are on sale now. Get yours early and don't be left out when the Ramones bring their own hyper rock and roll to Omaha. A Z92 concert celebration that will drive you to a frenzy. The Ramones, April 29th at the Music Hall. 
Tickets are on sale now for the Ramones, a Z92 concert celebration that's a contemporary production. All right, late-breaking news from the Decibel Geek podcast. We just had to break away because this came in a little bit later than what we recorded, but this has been finalized. we got a couple of big pieces of news we got to tell you about. First, Chris, tell them about the Headbangers Ball Party. Yeah, Aaron and I are going to be emceeing this cool thing at Little Harpeth Brewing Company in Nashville. It's called the Headbangers Ball, a night of it, 1980s metal, featuring Toxic Pistols and Iron Tribe, a tribute to Iron Maiden. Oh, they're awesome. It's going to be a great show. Stores are at 6.30, show at 7.30, $7 advance, $10 at the door. If you're anywhere near Nashville, come out, see Aaron and I on stage, and see these awesome bands. Yeah, we're going to be hosting it. It's going to be a Headbangers Ball party. So anybody that's in the Nashville area, or if you're going to be in the Nashville area, that's Saturday night, March 30th. You got to come out and join us for this. Be a part of the Headbangers Ball Party with us, right? Yeah, it's going to kick ass. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. We're also going to be giving away some VIP passes to the Rock and Pod yep. Expo coming up in August. So you get in for free that way. Shoot, yeah. So come down and party with us March 30th at Little Harpeth Brewing Company right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Headbangers Ball Party. We're going to have the 80s rock and the Iron Maiden. It's going to be fantastic. But another huge big piece of news we got to talk about is the latest announcement for Rockin' Pod. Yeah, this is a big one. This is uh, If you had told me that a member of the Big Four was going to be at my expo, I, uh, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, but That's it's good. true. Yeah, David Ellison of Megadeth is going to be joining us this year. Yes. As a guest. And also as a participant, him and his business partner, Tom Hazard, are both coming into town. They run the Playback Expo that happens in Florida every year, and they're going to be doing some Playback Expo-sponsored panels at the convention. There's a lot of music business knowledge that's going to be shared. Nice. So Dave Ellison, the guy that was on all the best Megadeth albums, is going to be at Rock and Pod this year, along with all those other great guests. But, you know, we just had to break away because that's big news, and we knew you wanted to know. So are you ready to get back into the regular episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So far, so good with the countdown. Yeah. of the top five, our top five favorite Ramon songs this because, week. right, as always, yeah, <laughs> with these bands, with these bands we love so much, it's hard to say in 10 minutes this could all change. Yeah, it probably will. I can only imagine that you guys listening to this probably have your own choices for your top fives, but what we'd like to see is for you to go on when we share this on Facebook, mm-hmm. go on there in the comments section and tell us what your top five Ramon songs from 76 to 80 are because we'd love to see them. Yeah, it'd be cool to compare notes and see what you guys think. Absolutely. That's what I love about this. It's mm-hmm. the good community of rock and rollers. Yeah. You know, We all kind of congregate to that Facebook page and get in on those conversations. That's I love it. Love it. Um, yeah, if you're doing your Facebook and go over there, check it out, give that page a like and get in on it, and it's a lot of fun. If you want a little bit more from your Decibel Geek podcast, you know, once a week is nice, but you need more. Well, yeah. we've got you covered, and it goes on over at patreon.com. That's where you're going to get the opportunity to become a Decibel Geek VIP. And what do you get by being a VIP? Well, there's all different levels that you can choose from. You you make it work for you. But you could get the Chris and Aaron show, which we said there's almost 100 episodes of that in the archives. It's like starting over with a whole other podcast mm-hmm. starring your friends chris and aaron it's why it's called the chris and aaron show a lot of behind the scenes stuff. a lot of behind the scenes stuff some stuff that has to do with rock music some stuff that's got absolutely nothing to do with anything <laughs> you know but it's all pretty funny because we we just want to have fun with that yeah. you know there's no real studying up on homework or any of that just Very turning awesome. on the microphones and cutting loose yeah we love doing them that's a lot of fun of course we got our decibel geek 
private Facebook group. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we got our, our most favorite people. Yeah. And we keep them right there, and we all converse with each other, and we get ideas for songs and stuff we do on the show. A lot of times we run stuff past them before mm-hmm. we run it past everybody else that just listens to the week-to-week show. Not that we don't appreciate everybody listening to that, no, but do. if you want a little bit more, get it. Patreon.com. Yeah, check it out. So oh, also, and of course, Torpedo Dudes is there too. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about if that. If you're into Kiss, there's we have our very own Kiss podcast on there <laughs> every week. So, um, got a little bit of news on the Rock and Pod Expo that we announced last week. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, got uh, some new guest announcements that will be out by the time you hear this. Uh, the we have. Oh, I don't know if I shared all these last week or not. I don't know. We've, we know about Erie Vaughn. Erie Vaughn, yeah. That's we the, know about that, we know about uh, the dude from Exodus. Oh yeah, Jack Gibbs. Okay, so I've already announced those. We on know here. about Green Jello guy. Yeah, Jeremy Barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that too. And Drew Forty A's coming. And back. Drew Forty A's coming back. Okay, and we got some podcasts that have already registered that oh, yeah? are going to be coming back this year. We got Ages of Rock podcasts that nice. are going to come back. Those guys are awesome. Julian Gill from Kiss FAQ will be back. I had a lot of fun hanging out with Julian last year. Also. um... Our buddies uh, D. Hud and Chris from Digital Kill the Radio Star are going to come back. Sweet, sweet. And uh, Baco and Loose Cannon from Cobras and Fire joining us this year. Nice. So Loose Cannon will return. Good deal. Finally. Yeah, that was fun last year hanging out with Baco, but, you know, it's just not the same without both of them. Yeah, you got to have them both. And uh, more more to be announced as we get over time. So there's going yeah, to be updates every single week. I know there's one other podcast out there now that I got to be bugging. A couple of them, actually. Now that I think about it, a couple, yeah. a couple of guys way up north and a couple of guys way down south. That's cool. And I, more of our friends from last year are going to be coming on board. I'm just waiting until we get it confirmed and more guests are going to be confirmed. Uh, yeah, we're working on some exciting stuff behind the scenes. Cool. So keep up with all that at rockandpod.com, yeah. right? Simple yeah. as that. Rock and pod. And if you're a podcaster or want to be a podcaster, we're going to have a podcaster registration for even new podcasters that want to learn stuff we're gonna have an education track that'll have speakers and workshops and that that, all that'll be announced over time we're still working that out but uh it'll be even if you want to just start a podcast it's worth registering and getting access to all that because you'll learn how to build your show from the ground up that's cool i'll have to check that out maybe i can learn something about podcasting oh and i think decibel geek's gonna be at the expo this year too oh yeah we're gonna be there we're definitely gonna be there (laughs) we don't just talk about all this every week and then not be there i'm gonna stay home this is this is our party that we're trying to organize that's basically what it is we're trying to throw the rock and roll party of the summer and we're trying to make sure that it's as awesome as it can be and we want to make sure all our friends are able to come party with us you know and that's basically what it boils down to hey look we're having this awesome party on august 9th and 10th Mm -hmm. we're gonna have a band on friday night oh yeah i wish i could we're gonna have but i can't okay we're gonna have (laughs) we're gonna have some cool stuff on friday night oh yeah and I wish we could tell you who it was, but Chris ain't budging it's on that. It's not quite yet. time. I think we're we're going to be telling that soon, though. Nice. Can't wait. So yeah. we're going to have an awesome band on Friday night. Yes. And we're going to party and have fun. And then Saturday, we're going to get up eh, mid-morning-ish <laughs> and make our way down. Because you don't have to go nowhere. Nope. It's all going to be in the same place at the hotel, uh, the National the Airport uh, Nashville Marriott. Airport Marriott. And so everything is in-house. Yeah. So, you know, no having to go nowhere, coming back mm. from anywhere. Just go up to your room when you're done partying on Friday night night with us come back down on saturday we're gonna hang out all day long do all these cool awesome things together we're gonna hang out party with rock stars mm-hmm. and then when it's all said and done we're gonna have another party after that and then the next day we're probably gonna have a party so you know for the two days for the ninth and 10th i'll just say this if you fly in from out of town there's a free shuttle from the airport it's literally a five minute drive you don't have to pay a dime sweet take a shuttle from the airport go to the hotel Party all weekend, never have to go anywhere, and then take a free shuttle back to the airport. Nice. So pack your liver. (laughs) 
<laughs> and there's a full there's a full bar, restaurant, and everything inside the hotel. Rock and roll party of the summer. The yeah. only thing missing is you. Yes. Join us at Rock and Pod Expo coming up August 9th and 10th. Check it all out at rockandpod.com and yes. get in on it because we want to party with you guys again this summer. Absolutely. All right, so we're up to your number three. I number three. Are you ready to hear the perfect punk rock song? Well, if it's a Ramon song, I'm sure it will be. This is, to me, what punk rock's all about. With lyrics about a teenager who had to have a lobotomy because of brain damage <laughs> caused by overexposure to DDT. Yeah, that's an awesome punk rock song right there. So, from 1977, wow, they released two albums in 77. That's right. This is off a of rocket to Russia, and it's, of course, the Ramones with Teenage Lobotomy. Lobotomy! Lobotomy! heavy so cool what's not to love about that that's you know it's just again foot stomping mm-hmm. fist pumping rock that's what that is to me and it's perfect that's to me somebody says play me a punk rock song what is punk rock to you it's not green day it's that <laughs> it's teenage lobotomy so uh for number two for me i'm gonna go back to end of the century album so while it's my favorite ramones album it did not have my number one favorite ramones song but it's got my number three and my number two I gave you all the stats on uh, End of the Century earlier, but uh, this is also off End of the Century. This is a sequel to Judy as a Punk. This is The Return of Jackie and Judy.
That song was so awesome. Yeah. Let's do it again. I just love how fun that song is. Talk about Jackie and Judy and their adventures all over to go see the Ramones. Yeah. They went both went to the Mud Club and they both got drunk. I just I love the lyrics on that song. It's fun. You yeah. know, that's the other half of the Ramones too. It's fun. Yeah, they never took themselves too seriously. I never really I mean they got a little bit more social aware socially aware as they got older but the, right. they, there was always an underlying current of just fun with that band sure and i guess we'll cover a lot of that when we come back for a different revisiting of this when we do the next group of albums yeah because they do change quite a bit over the next right decade. yeah so that'll be a lot of fun to do too but today we're sticking with the early stuff and this is my number two favorite ramon song man i kind of had to battle with this one for number one a little bit I don't really understand the song so much, okay. but I love it. I just love the guitars in it. I love the changes in it, how it kind of blends from one song into another. I was reading some stuff. I was talking earlier about how like Ramones fans will dig into the lyrics and try to know what they mean. You know, The song I'm talking about is off the first album from 76, Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World. Great song. And people talk about, you know, is it about Hitler? Is it about yeah. Didi when he was a kid because he grew up in Germany? He did. Is it, you know, were these guys Nazi sympathizers? It was a were they, controversial song in the day. Or was yeah. the, is this just a song that Didi wrote because his dad was a big shot in the U.S. military and he just would write songs like this to piss off his dad? I don't know if there's ever been a clear answer. Like, I've seen all kinds of different things to it. But, man, just... For the song itself, just how it rocks, just how it all fits together. It's an amazing song. And again, I love it. So from 76, Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World.
I think my favorite interpretation of that song that I read was that you cannot conquer the world with hate, yeah. only love. That's a good one. And I like that. If that's what it's about, I can dig it. I think I've heard Johnny in interviews basically say, you people are reading more deeply into it than right, we ever yeah. did. Because odds are it was just something they were watching some old yeah. black and white war movie and got inspired by it. Yeah. And said, There's a lot of stream hey, of consciousness. You know, you sniff, yeah. sniff, sniff the glue or right. Carbona or whatever. Oh, yeah. That was a controversial song too. <laughs> and then uh, watch some old weird, you know, 50s war movies and be like, wow, I just got inspired for crazy lyrics for a song. All right. Today your love, tomorrow the world. So are we now going to be labeled like the number one Nazi podcast in, in music? Now? I hope not. I hope not either. I hope oh, that's man. not what we aim for with this. <laughs> we just love the Ramones is all. Let's not be too controversial. Okay, so that's a great one. So it's time for my number our one. Our number ones. This is it. This is what it's all come down okay. to this whole episode to find out what our favorite Ramones songs are from 76 to 80. This week. Because it this changes week, all right, the time. Totally. So I haven't played anything off Rocket to Russia yet, so I'll give a little backstory on that, and that's my number one. Uh, released November 4th, 1977, which, of course, is a landmark date because that was one day before my second birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, let's so you were really excited, huh? I couldn't wait to pick this up. <laughs> my mom wheeled me down to the record store, and I picked that it up. That one. Yeah. <laughs> the only toddler Ramones fan in America. Uh, released on Sire Records, also produced by Tony Bongiovi and Tommy Ramone in the summer of 77. That was really the peak of the punk movement because you had, with the Ramones success, you had a lot of punk bands getting signed by major labels. This is kind of when it when the movement really got took hold. Right. And they had a. So how does that work as far as like the punk rock? Like, was it the Ramones and then everybody else? I yeah. mean, was it the Ramones and then the UK? Because yes. it's like, okay. Yeah, cool. because they were kind of like Pied Pipers because like they would travel everywhere, play these shithole clubs, but all these kids that saw them in the clubs would just go start bands because they, they were so inspired gotcha. by them. Gotcha. And, and, um, so did the Ramones play the UK? They did. And that's the thing. They The records got bought over in the UK and you had, you know, young Johnny Rotten and, right. you know, young Joe Strummer from the Clash and all these people, they formed bands because of the Ramones records. And they were big over there. Like they went over there and played a place called the Roundhouse, which is like a big theater over there. And they actually played to much bigger crowds over in the UK before they ever really did in America. Yeah. They play in the UK and play in front of, you know, like two, 3000 people and then come back to America and play in front of a hundred people in a club. Wow. So, um, but yeah, there's a story in that documentary about like they were, they're at the Roundhouse backstage getting ready to go on. And there's rocks being thrown against the window to the backstage room and they open the window and it's, and it's, uh, who's it? I think it was Johnny rotten and like some of the sex pistols guys, some of the clash guys all down there trying to meet them. Like one guy talked to Johnny and goes, yeah, we love you guys. We really want to start a band. And Johnny's like, well, go ahead and do it. Look at us. We stink. <laughs> it's like, it's like, if I can do it, you can do it. Wow. But, uh, there's a funny story about, uh, Johnny Rotten, who at the time was just John Lydon, he yeah. he wanted to meet them, but he was scared to meet them because he, he met Arturo backstage before he got to meet the guys, and he was afraid that the band would beat him up. Cause like, oh, yeah, because they, they were a, so tough looking. He, yeah. They all looked like a gang of thugs on the on the album sure. covers, and he was like, are they going to beat me up if I meet him? He's like, oh, hell no, not these guys. Because <laughs> they always looked a lot tougher than they really were. Yeah, you know, yeah really, they looked like New York street guys. Yeah, but they're all pretty, you know, although Dee Dee, I'm sure, could take care of himself in a fight as, yeah. with his rough background. But uh, so that was the summer of 77, and they had a bigger budget for this record. It began recording on August 21st at Midtown Manhattan at Media Sound Studios, which was the premises of a former Episcopalian church. 
And on the first day of sessions, Johnny Ramone bought a copy of the Sex Pistols single God Save the Queen with him and remarked that their type of music robbed the band. They like they didn't like the Sex Pistols. No. Because the Sex Pistols basically wanted to meet them at the Roundhouse, and then they kind of ripped off their sound. And if you really want to hear a ripoff of the Ramones, listen to the first Clash album. It's like yeah. the exact same blueprint and everything. And then, of course, the Clash blew up huge. You know, so there was a little bit of bitterness there. Between I can them. imagine. You know, we kind of invented this, and you guys carbon copied off of it and added your English snot to it. And then now, yeah. you know, look at you making money, right? And here are we, you know, and, uh, the Ramones, the engineer who would become a kind of become the producer of the Ramones, Ed Stasium. Johnny had told them that he needed to incorporate a better production than the Sex Pistols. He's like, I'm not going to sound like these guys because hmm. he just they just were not into them. And the Sex Pistols had. A really horrible reputation, you know, for being assholes and, right. and, and being violent and starting shit with the DJs even. And that turned off a lot of the American DJs. They're like, well, we're not going to have you guys in here because we, Cause we, you're think, punk we think you're just like yeah, the Sex Pistols. So sense. the Sex Pistols kind of hurt their chances in a lot of ways. But uh, Rocket to Russia was mostly done in the Power Station studio. And uh, Phil Spector actually had offered to replicate the album and, and reproduce it for them. I guess he got to hear some rough mixes of it. And they turned him down at the time, and then of course later they would they would take him up on the offer because yeah. he want he really was wanting to produce the band. But this is my favorite Ramon song from the classic era. This is another. This should have been a giant radio hit. I still don't understand how it wasn't. This is Sheena is a punk rocker.
that song is so catchy. I mean, it's just a fun song to listen to. How is that not just a huge radio hit? I, I will never understand it. Did the Ramones kind of suffer like Thin Lizzy did and not get out and tour like around the whole United States a lot? No, I mean, I think mostly stuck to like the Northeast. I mean, or they played the Midwest. They would do what they could, but they were on a shoestring budget all the right, time. You true. Know? So they kind of had to just take gigs where they were able to. Yeah, because I always look at it from like, of course, you know, the way we always look at things through the Kiss perspective. How did Kiss make it? They went out there and they mm-hmm. played and they played and they played and they played. Well, and the thing with, you know, and Kiss got thrown off tours because of their stage show, but they also had a more palatable sound to open for other bands. The Ramones didn't have that luxury. So finding a tour mate to go to open for it was hard. Yeah. And there was like, there's stories about them touring. I think it was with Blue Oyster Cult and they actually opened for them in arenas. And they would have people chucking stuff at them through the whole set. Was it wow. or was it Black Sabbath? It was Black Sabbath. Thanks for we have wow. a, we have a, an expert helping us with this. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they a raining of booze because they either you got them or you didn't. Right. And if you're there for Black Sabbath, you're probably not ready for what the Ramones are offering. Probably not. Yeah. So they, no no blistering Iomi guitar solos. No. So it's like. If they didn't get the giant radio hit to put them in arenas, it was never going to happen. And it never really did. It never did. Not even with my number one pick. Yeah, I'm interested. You want to go through our also? You said you had like a whole ton <laughs> yeah. of also rands, right? It's so hard to narrow this down to five because I love so many of these songs. But uh, so, yeah, so mine uh, from the first album, my also rands were Judy is a Punk and I Want to Be Your Boyfriend. I think the first, the entire first album for me, well, yeah. there's nothing really on here that I really don't like. Well, these are just what I narrowed Loud down. Loudmouth, I love. Loudmouth's great. Um, I Remember You. I Don't Want to Go Down to the Basement. I love That's that song, song too. too. That's funny, but I love it. So, yeah, for Leave Home, I had I Remember You, Oh, oh I Love Her So. That's a good up-tempo one. Uh, Swallow My Pride, but that's kind of a rewrite of another song. But See, I'm not a real big fan of Leave Home. I like Gimme Gimme Shock Treatment, Susie is a Headbanger, Susie, and Commando. Yep, I like those. For Rocket to Russia, I had Crete and Hop, Rockaway Beach, I Don't Care. I Don't Care is a great song. Uh, Rockaway Beach, how the fuck was that not a radio hit? That exactly. song is catchy as shit. Yeah. Um, for uh, we're a happy family. I like Ramona too. Ramona is a song that I'd like to hear, like uh, like Hailstorm or somebody do somebody with a sexy mm-hmm. female singer. That'd be cool. I think would be a pretty awesome cover for Ramona. And how can you forget Surfing Bird? <laughs> but that's a cover. <laughs> I don't know if I want to include that one. It's the only version of that song you'll ever find on my iPod. Um, of course, I want to be sedated was on my list, but that we've all heard that one. Questioningly yeah. was on my list from Road to Ruin. I like Road to Ruin. I think that might be one of my favorites. I mean, I wanted everything's a great song. Um, I don't want you needles and pins the cover. I, that's weird, but I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm against it's a great song. Oh, Long way back to Germany, and of course, I want to be sedated. Kick yeah. ass. And then on end of the century, of course, that's, that's my favorite. So I got I'm affected. Chinese rock. Chinese rock though is kind of like I, I kind of prefer the Heartbreakers version because it seems a little bit more accurate. Yeah. I guess because better coming from Johnny Thunders. I guess. I don't know. Not a big fan of End of the Century. I like Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio, yeah. Rock and Roll High School, and I really like the song All the Way. All the Way is good. But that's really about it on that one. The rest of it's kind of too weird for me. So we pretty much just about named the entire rest yeah. of the Yeah, so basically you get it. You know, it's it's all really good, you know, and if you don't know about the Ramones, hopefully today we were able to do something for you and turn you on to something, and you might want to go out and, you know, just purchase some of this oh, music. Please. You know, go to your iTunes, go to your Amazon, go to your local music store that's still selling you CDs, you know, go mm-hmm. find it on LP. Whatever you got to do, get some Ramones in your life because yeah. it'll be better for it. 
So you ready for my number one? Yes. It's my number one favorite Ramones song of all time. Came out in 1978 off that Road to Ruin album. Um, I had to look up what Chicken Vindaloo was. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. I'm talking about the song I just want to have something to do. Chicken Vindaloo is spicy Indian curry chicken. Yes. Yeah, I had no idea. I've never had it before. But I tell you what, you know, this was a song, the first time I ever heard it was on that tribute CD that I was talking about. And the band Garbage does a cover of this. It is awesome. Awesome. I love their cover. I'm by no means am I a huge, huge, huge fan of the band Garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all right to me. I don't really I don't know if I own any of their stuff. But that song mm-hmm. with her singing it in her sexy voice. Yeah. Oh, loved it. And then I had to go back and check out the original. And that's really kind of what kickstarted it all for me was then listening to the songs that I heard my favorite band sing praises over doing covers of this tribute learning stuff on the decibel geek podcast going back and buying these albums and man am i glad i did and like i said without a doubt this is my number one favorite ramon song so i think we covered a whole lot today so you ready to wrap it up yeah let's do it all right so here you go from 78 it's the ramones and i just want to have something to do
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 